Welcome to Change the Narrative. I'm your host, J.D. Fuller. I'm Susie Younger. An African-American licensed psychotherapist. I'm also a licensed therapist. We talk about the isms. We talk about the phobias. Anything that marginalizes and oppresses. As a white woman, I ask the questions white people are too afraid to ask. Everything we are not and everything we are is because of fear. Through, Through a mental, mental health lens, Susie and I will have difficult conversations with celebrity guests, political activists, and everyone in between. Our mind will tell us whatever we want to believe, but the truth lives in the body, and that's where change occurs. Are you ready to change the narrative? We are so excited for our next guest. Oh my God, you guys, meet Lizzie Grossman. Lizzie came from the beauty industry and found her passion for wellness. She has an incredible journey that we can't wait to delve into. She's now a personal coach for WW. Lizzie's always loved cooking and has found passion in reimagining recipes to meet healthy habits. She's also an extraordinary friend, wife, daughter, and mother to two of the most adorable girls on the planet, Emma and Hannah. And she makes the best scrambled eggs I've ever had in my entire life. Please welcome Lizzie Grossman. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. For sure. So Lizzie, I'm going to jump right in and ask you, Yeah, can you explain your role at WW? Absolutely. So WW, or formerly known as Weight Watchers, is a health and wellness company that has, I would I say health and wellness because it really has evolved into encompassing all areas of wellness and supporting their members, whether it's you know, just weight or, or overall health. And there are different levels of support within the organization for members. The well-known piece of going to meetings, right, or in today's world, virtual meetings. Their newest platform, which is called D360, which is personal coaching, but through specialized content. So you join like a coach's team and there are, um, I believe, 10 coaches. And then what I do, which is one-on-one personal coaching. So you you have calls as many times per week as you want. I would say normally it's once a week, but with someone that you speak to regularly that is there to listen to you and your needs and help support you as you find your way towards your goals. Okay. And so how long have you been doing it? Two years now. Excellent. So what inspired you on your journey to this career? So I had struggled with my weight my entire life too small, too big, never really finding a pace. But when I found out I was pregnant with my daughter, I was the heaviest I'd ever been gained that then you're pregnant. Right. But when I had her, I was really determined to make changes to how I approached my health. And so I, I had joined WW prior to finding out I was pregnant and, and paused obviously. And so I, I rejoined and I had a personal coach and she was so integral to my success and my journey that I just wanted to do that for other people. Changing my health approach, changing how I viewed myself and how I took care of myself changed my life. And, you know, I wanted to help other people find that same passion, not just about how they looked, right, but about how they cared and took care of themselves. It's been an amazing experience. That's awesome. So we know that Oprah has made WW user-friendly to everyone. Do you see people of color on this journey and what's it like for them uh, in the process? Of Absolutely. I, you know, I work with everybody and that's, you know, I think WW is an extremely diverse brand and, you know, I, I just work with members. That's my experience. I don't necessarily have as much interface within the brand and I, I would say that they're extremely supportive and everyone I work with is just happy to be taking care of themselves. Yeah. You know, it's been such a a journey for for women of color, particularly I'll speak on behalf of African-American women, because we're shaped differently. You know, there's so much pressure to fit into a model that we don't typically fit into. And so I wonder, 
Are they able to access the support in a way that feels supportive of who they are naturally, you know, as opposed to fitting? Yeah. So I like the idea that you say, help them reach their goals. Absolutely. And look, you know, there are tons of coaches through the program, a very diverse group mm-hmm. and members get the opportunity to pick who they work with. Oh, okay. That's great. And so yeah. they can choose who, who they'd like to help them and support them. And that goes for everyone. And obviously I can only speak from my experiences, sure. but they really provide opportunity for everybody. I like that. And, uh, so talk to us about your personal journey. You said you've had some struggles yourself. What does that look like? And uh, basically, you know, why were you willing to come and talk to us about it? Because, you know, it's so difficult for so many people to talk about. So we really appreciate it. But can you give us an idea of what that journey looked like? Yeah, I will say uh, Susie inspires me constantly. And I've known her, we were just discussing, I think, 14, 15 years. And so she's seen me through a lot of difficult times. And I talk about it because the same reason I'm a coach, right? If one thing I say can help one person, it's worth it. I will say my journey had a lot of iterations before reaching where I am today and reaching the WW piece of my life. You know, I was the bigger kid. I was made fun of as a kid for it, you know, and I also didn't have a healthy relationship with food. I think so often today we're programmed to turn to food for comfort, for excitement, for happiness, for, you know, every emotion, there's a food for that. And that creates an intrinsic habit formation that, that is hard to undo. Anyways, when I, you know, got to high school, this was what, 2004, it was very much the time I think today we're very lucky to be at least on the road to more body inclusivity and positivity and understanding at least. Mm-hmm. And today strong is the new sexy, right? But back then it was not the case. And, you know, I struggled. I got very thin and I would say that was the beginning of a lot of yo-yos. You can diet and lose weight really quickly, but if you aren't fixing the root of it, you are going to gain it back. And for me, I didn't just gain it back. I gained it back and then some over and over and over again for years. And that's why when I had my daughter, I was done with that, that cycle. I did not want her to witness me doing those things. I did not want her to go through what I've gone through. And I certainly felt that it was important to model true health and positive behaviors for her. Yeah. And that's from the day she was born, that was all that I could think about and all that mattered. I love that. Uh, As a therapist, I've worked with a lot of students who were challenged by eating disorders, and then you would see it in the family. And uh, so that's, that's really, you know, just so smart and brave of you to make sure you wanted to have that happen with your daughter because it doesn't happen all the time. Absolutely. And it's interesting. There are studies that show when one person in the household, specifically a leader, whether it's a, a father, mother, or parent figure, decides to make changes and make healthy choices and get healthy, no matter what the age of the children or even anyone else in the household, they mm-hmm. see that those people end up making changes unintentionally, whether unintentionally or intentionally, but they, they, there is a ripple effect with it for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. It does. Susie, do you want to add anything about the eating disorder perspective right there? Or are you going to wait till you, you're up? I will wait. You go right ahead. All right. So, you know, we're therapists. We're always thinking about the mental health component. And mental health is a trigger for so many things of addiction related and for depression, for overworking. I mean, it's just it's the basis for so many things. So in terms of lifestyle choices, how important do you think therapy is in this process? You know, I'm so careful to to make a judgment on that because I think it is so individual. Mm -hmm. I think this process, I think these experiences, and I think 
mental health in general is so individual. Mm -hmm. There are people that benefit from therapy tremendously. I'm a firm, you know, I love therapy. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. I've gone at different times in my life when it's been necessary. I'm not someone who's in it consistently. But then I know people who haven't really felt it helped them, but they found meditation or Mm -hmm. exercise or other things that really filled them and helped them find a new perspective. And so I think you just, it's about taking a step back and deciding how can I best help myself, no matter what that looks like. Yeah, I get that idea. I guess I just think, and obviously it's my school of thought, that, you know, you can't do meditation all day long. You can't do, you know, exercise all day long. And if it's addiction related, in my experience, it has been helpful to have an outside perspective, an objective person, like you've said, that have supported your journey. Do people do it without it? Absolutely. But I just feel like for a wholeness, I've seen it make a difference for so many people. So it's 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 helpful yeah. to hear it's helpful in your journey anyway. Absolutely. And I, I would never negate negate the benefits. I just think that not everyone is at a point in their life where they can trust or rely on another person. And of course, you can't do meditation all day, but like it's like I teach my daughter, right? In any moment of stress or frustration or overwhelming feeling, we stop. We take three deep breaths and then we approach the next moment. And so there are techniques that, and and look, therapy is not readily available to everyone. And I think that's something to acknowledge. And so there are definite behaviors and there are definite things that we can talk openly about that can benefit the, you know, the world because not everyone has access. And that's what I think is the bigger problem. Everybody should have access. We should figure out a way for therapists to get paid and for people to have access to good therapy when they need it on their journey. I think that's important. Why do you think weight and eating disorders carry so much shame? Oh, wow. I think because, oh God, I don't even know how to answer that. There's so, I can only speak from my own experience that for me, you don't want to tell people you're struggling because everyone around you doesn't talk about it. And so at the end of the day, you feel like you should be ashamed of it when it's most likely if you're in a room of 10 people, five other people are struggling at some capacity with not necessarily eating disorder or weight, but with something. Again, I think today it's getting a lot easier to have these conversations. Yeah. And it's just, you know, that when you don't believe in yourself, sorry, just when you don't believe in yourself and you don't love yourself, doesn't matter what you're dealing with. You don't want to talk about it. Yeah. You know, Lizzie, it's so funny you say that because you know that I've struggled. I almost died from my eating disorder. And so I met you at a time where I was deeply in it. And I always say that when people get together, there's some, we're all under a blanket of shame. And when you're with a lot of other people, who also struggle and it's an invisible struggle. It's, I always externalize the eating disorder and call it ed. So I say all of our eds are really silently talking to each other. And so, and it's very strange. You pick up on those little nuances, but I had my rock bottom, aha, Oprah moment where I was like, oh, I need to do something. Did you have a rock bottom moment? What did that look like for you? I think it just looked like knowing I needed help. But I think, again, it looks different for everyone. Like you could have seen me at different points of my journey and couldn't imagine that I was struggling with that because I looked overweight to the people around me. You just can't ever misconstrue like what people are going through. And from a rock bottom moment perspective, it was just understanding that I was going to be in really bad shape if I didn't change things. Right. And I was young and I still, I mean, I worry now about what the choices I made 10 years ago are going to have as a 
consequence in 15, 20 years. And so that's why I work really hard to take care of myself. Yeah. And the question is, you know, with addiction, and I'm asking both of you, you know, we've had people come on and talk about their addiction um, experience and their journey. And one of the things that they talked about was that moment where somebody confronted them in a way that they couldn't deny. And I'm wondering, is that what happened for both of you? Well, for me, it happened over and over and over again. You know, I was an agent. Clients would say, I remember Courtney Cox calling my boss, my husband trying to do interventions, Lizzie's mother said everyone did, but I was in such severe shame and denial that for me, it was like, I'm fine. And I didn't understand the difference between now what I see is like a healthy voice and the unhealthy voice. The unhealthy voice is the voice that becomes very, very loud. And that's the one that takes over. And so being able to identify for me that I did have a healthy voice and the work was really trying to get them so that they were equal and I could distinguish between the two of them. But, you know, for that was for me. What about you, Lizzie? Um, you know, I think it's different. I was a lot younger. So yeah. I think that there were yeah. people around me that recognized that there was um, a need to intervene. Yeah. Yeah. And mine ended up being like, oh yeah, eight months of a treatment center. So but mine became a big one. Um, so let me ask you, what do you think now is the most important ingredient in health for you? Like, what is that one superfood ingredient? And I don't mean necessarily food, but like, what is it for you that keeps you grounded and healthy? Education. I am constantly trying to learn new things that help me take care of myself and that help me approach how I want to live my life long-term, um, whether it's reading books, learning about new recipes or ingredients. Right now, I'm very much like focused on food sensitivities. Like, I don't know. I mean, for me, I'm now 31 years old and there are foods that I eat that have a very different reaction with my body than they did five or 10 years ago. And that's really where I'm focused right now and learning how to avoid those those feelings because no one wants to be sick for four days because they ate a piece of cheese. Right. <laughs> Maybe we can relate, right? Right. Cheese is not my friend. This is not, I am learning it's not cheese, red meat. So those yeah. are things that I'm currently working on. And I um, recently lost someone very close to me who was only, I think my aunt was 59. And so that's definitely also given me a new perspective on educating myself on how there are certain things we can't avoid, right? But what can I do to best care for myself to help hopefully live a long life? And so those are things that I think motivate me more than anything these days. I love that. God, I love what you're saying. So this is my last question, but for people out there who do want to lose weight, right? What's your advice to them? There's a few pieces, I would say. The first thing that I tell everyone is like, do not focus on the scale as much as you focus on every other win around you. So you can't make a goal that says, I want to lose 20 pounds and just expect the scale to change. Like you have to do the work. And so that's not always easy and it's not always motivating to keep working when the scale isn't doing what you want. And I find that that tends to be a lot of people's biggest hurdles. So did you decide to have one cookie today instead of three? Or did you decide to have an apple when you normally would have gone to a bag of chips? Is your skin clearer because you're drinking more water? Do you feel good about yourself because you're making choices that take care of you? Do you have more energy because you're eating nutritious foods? Like acknowledge each of those moments and it'll help motivate you and strengthen you as you try and reach whatever your ultimate weight goals 
are. Wow. And then find support. You know, that's, I think one of the things I love about the WW program is there's not just support from like a coach or from your meetings. Like, you know, the app has something called connect, which is their own personal kind of social, you know, media site. And it's only for members, but it is referred to as the kindest place on the internet because you can post there and receive empathy. You can receive support. You can receive advice and everyone is just there to cheer each other on. And when you have support, whether it's in your home, around you, online, whatever it looks like, it really can make a gigantic difference. So true. Support is important. I'm one of those scale people. And does that mean I'm bad? Yes. No. Look, it, <laughs> I say the scale thing. I weigh myself every morning. Yeah. And that's, that's because for me, scale the scale is data. But yeah. I'm at a point where I don't let what the scale says make me decide I'm not going to make healthy choices the rest of the day. Okay. That's helpful. You know what I mean? Like they're, you know, for people who find the scale really discouraging, you could get on and if it doesn't say what you want, you you just stop yeah. trying. And so it's important, you know, a lot of people when you, look, I lost a hundred pounds and that took 18 months. Wow. Isn't that crazy? In the past when I'd lost weight, it would take two months and you'd lose 50 pounds, but that's because you weren't eating properly. You weren't taking care of yourself, whatever it might look like. And so these things, I, I always used to tell myself, like it took time to put on. Like, don't expect it not to take time to take off. But there are plateaus. There are days where you eat more salt and the scale looks different in the morning. So there are other ways to be proud of yourself. That scale doesn't give you pride. It doesn't give you self-confidence. It doesn't make you love yourself. You have to do that. That's great. That's helpful. Love that. That's love that. really helpful. And so where can people find you before I ask you your last question? You can follow me on Instagram at Lizzie Sergi, L-I-Z-Z-Y-S-I-R-G-E-Y. Or if you join WW, you can find me as a coach. That's great. Her Instagram lives are awesome, everyone. So yes. I know you two will have to come on. I try and provide really helpful and expert content on you know my platform because again, like we talked earlier with Access, like I like to try and bring interesting and exciting and helpful people to everyone. Great. Can I just say one more thing before your last question about the scale? Part, when I was in treatment, we actually had to take our scales and throw them against the wall and break them. And I couldn't figure out what that was. And then I realized that the scale doesn't tell you who you are, what you value, what you care about, who you love, anything. It is a number. And if the number, like you said, isn't where you want it to be, I used to be one of those people that would be married to the scale 20 times a day. And my mood was like, it was, it would totally dictate how I felt about myself. So I really appreciate what you said. I just wanted to add that in. Well, I think it also goes to look like when you develop, I'm a big believer that like the words good, bad, and cheap do not belong with food. Food is food. It is fuel. No matter what you eat or when you eat it, if you're eating something mindfully and with positive intentions, it's a healthy choice, whether that's a grape or a donut. And at the end of the day, like the scale and food, like you should be in control of those things and how you feel. And again, the scale is just a number that helps us determine where we are. Yeah. But it doesn't say anything about you. Love it. Helpful. So what does changing the narrative around these issues mean to you, Lizzie? It means my kids don't have the same experience that, that I did or that people that I loved it. It means that my children go up in a world where like they are not just what they look like or how much they weigh. And it means they don't go through the same experiences of what 
whether it's what the world puts on us or I put on myself. I mean, I'll never forget being young and like walking into a room and thinking all that mattered about me was what people looked at from my size and appearance. Mm -hmm. And so I think as we change these conversations, the narrative and, and just change our views, we're offering the next generation very different opportunities. Yeah. And I think, I think that you, you touched on something, which I know I talk about in therapy and I know Susie does as well, which is the outside in. It's always a problem when you are getting your validation from the outside in rather than inside out. And I think that's what therapy is able to do as well, is to help people figure out a way to navigate that so that, you know, if you feel good about yourself, it doesn't come from how you look. So I think that's, a, that's in line with WW. Absolutely. And I think too, look at, you know, a lot of that is also working on yourself, like from a therapy perspective, it's like, I would walk in the room and think people were, were judging those things or looking at me when like the reality is everyone has their own stuff they're working on. No one cares. And right. if they do, that's a problem with them. That's not a problem with you. Right. Well, right. Those, that's, those are boundaries, healthy boundaries. Knowing where you end and other people begin is essential to any work that you're going to do. So I think that's touched on a lot of important variables. And it's been great to have you on. You're excellent. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You really are, Lizzie. You have to write a book. <laughs> yes. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. No, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. And we will definitely- so for having me. Look, we'll come on your live whenever you want. I think that, you know- Thank you. That would be wonderful. Oh yeah, we'd love to. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and follow wherever you get your podcasts. And also, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Thank you for listening to Change the Narrative with J.D. Fuller.